Good morning, family. It's good to be with you again. I, I, I'm thankful to be here with you, and I hope that you're, you're well. My name is Eddie. I'm the lead pastor of this, this body, Grace Covenant Church Sterling. And uh, I've got a few things that I wanted to talk about before we get into the Word today. Uh, first of all, on June 14th, we are having an information session for our Lead Well program. If you're not familiar with LeadWell, it is our leadership development program. This is an opportunity for you to be trained ministerially, doctrinally, biblically, so that you might be a better leader in whatever sphere of influence you find yourself in. And uh, this is a great program. It's one of the primary ways that we, we equip our leaders. This is for uh, anyone who's really interested in lay leadership or if they, they want to serve in the church. It's not a guarantee for a job here at Grace, but it is certainly a requirement and a prerequisite for it. Additionally, you can uh, join us. We would love to get you connected in a small group. If you're not connected in a small group, it has never been easier. You don't even have to leave your house for you to participate in one of our small groups. We've got a number of different small groups that meet at different times of the night. We've got men's groups, women's groups, and we even have some, some teen small groups. So please don't, uh, don't miss out on this. I would encourage you, if you're not in a small group, you can, you can find out more information at gracecov.org slash sterling, uh, and you can get connected there, or you can email us at sterling at gracecov.org. Uh, well, uh, I, I wanted to ask this question. It has been a tumultuous number of days, weeks, really, and we are, we're in a season of time where, where many of us, though we're energetic and, and we're passionate, we are getting tired. And my question to you is today, are you tired? Perhaps you're tired from this particular season of life, whether it's, it's uh, the, the quarantine or the, the stay at home, the fact that things are closed, uh, maybe, maybe there are difficulties in your life, uncertainties, setbacks, the things that are making you tired. You're weary of this particular season of life. Maybe, maybe you're tired because of past seasons, not just the last few months, but, but really the last few years or, or the last decade. And you've got these unresolved issues, these un, un, undealt with sins, these unmet expectations, these challenges in your life that they're not, they're not just challenges of the day, they're not just pet challenges of the last week, but they're challenges that you've been facing over and over again over months and years and, and maybe decades. Maybe you're, you're tired of continuing to have to put one foot in front of the other with really no sense of relief. Are you tired? If so, I, I want to see what God has to say because our, our hope, my hope for you is that, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, that he has a, a solution for your weariness. What does God have to say to us when we're tired? So if you will look in your Bible with me, we are going to be reading from Matthew, the book of Matthew. It's in the New Testament. It's the first book. It's one of the Gospels. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 Read along with me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we lay before you all the things which have wearied our souls the concerns of the day, the pressures of our employment, 
the struggles of our life, the, the societal challenges that we, we find ourselves in the middle of, the sense of, of disconnectedness, of weakness, of inability, of, of the lack of progress, all these things that, that are floating around in the atmosphere, Lord, we, we lay them before you and we say, we're tired. We're tired. And God, I pray that your word would be applied to our hearts by your spirit in such a way that we would find rest, that we wouldn't find a temporary, insignificant rest, but that we would find the kind of rest that allows us to live and work and press forward because we have a faith that motivates us to move. God, would you help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is, a, this is an encouraging passage to me because in it, Jesus really, he, he comes to us at an honest kind of street level, hey, are you tired? He starts in verse 28 and he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. And he's speaking to those who have heard others say to them, come to me. You see, around this time, the, the audience would have heard the Pharisees effectively saying, come to me. And, and they had laid out a rule for life. They had given a set of commands by which the people were to live. And, and the Jewish people of the day, there were a lot of commands beyond, beyond what Scripture had to offer that, that had been developed by these individuals. And, and it was a set of, of beliefs and, and, and uh, behaviors that, that they had to walk in that were not... Uh, not giving them rest, but it was, it was bearing weight on them and it was making them weary. Jesus speaks of these things in, in Matthew 23, uh, verse 4. He, he describes the problem that the Pharisees are creating and he says this, the scribes and Pharisees, starting in verse 2, sit on Moses' seat. In other words, they stand as leaders in the community. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works that they do. For they preach, but they do not practice. And listen to this, verse 4. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. And he goes on to talk about the, the hypocrisy of some of the religious leaders of the day. So we see that, that the people who were listening had, been, had come to people who had said, come to the Pharisees, who had said to them, come to me and do these things. Obey the set of rules that you might be able to stand before God uh, right and just and, and justified. They had created a, a standard that, that, was, that was unmanageable, the standard that, that they could not stand up under. The, the people were weary. They were tired. Now, you read something like this, and, and maybe you, you read Matthew 23, and you think to yourself, well, that, what does that have to do with me? Because I'm, I'm not necessarily trying to follow the, the commands of a, an ancient Near Eastern Jewish sect. So how, how does this apply to my life? Well, you're not, you're not following those things, but apart from Christ, we all have this, this inclination in our soul to, to enact a set of rules or laws or expectations by which we justify ourselves. We create this list of things that, that if I do these things, I'll be right. If I don't do these things, I'll be wrong. If I live this way, I'll be right. If I don't, I'll be wrong. If I have these things in my life, I'll be right. If I don't have these things, I'll be wrong. And, and we will set those expectations not only on ourselves, but on others. And for many of us, at the end of the day, we feel neither forgiven nor able to forgive. 
we are weary, we are tired, and we see no relief in the world and in the circumstances before us. To you who are weary, Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me, not to another person, not, not to a pursuit of better circumstances through more money or fame or success, not to a, a political party or a, a government authority or a position of authority, not to a standard of a religion that, that promises to absolve you. He says, come to me. And if we read the verses that, that precede this section, it says this, at that time, starting in verse 25, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise. He's been talking about uh, the gospel and, and he's been describing a lot of the things of the kingdom. And he says, I'm thankful that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to your little children. Verse 26, yes, Father, for such was your gracious, gracious will. And then he says this, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son should choose to reveal him. Do you want access to the Father, Jesus says? If you want access to the Father, if you want to be connected to the one person in the universe who can, who can turn the valve on and, and release the pressure and give you rest, he says, you need to come, come to me. Come to me, he says. He says, come to me and he will give you rest. Okay, so what is, what is the nature of the rest? What does this rest look like that Jesus talks about? He says, come to me and uh, I, I will give you rest. Let's look at verse 29. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Hold on a second. Jesus, you just promised to give me rest. And now in verse 29, you're saying, take my yoke upon you. Now, yoke is it's a weird word that we don't tend to use because we're not an agrarian society, but it's not the, the yellow part of the egg. It's Y-O-K-E, if you were following along in your Bible. And it is this, this device that they would put on the shoulders of oxen, of, of uh, livestock, and, and it would allow the, the livestock to pull a burden to pull something, whether it was to work a field or, or maybe to pull a cart. It was something, it was the way that they carried a burden. And so Jesus is saying here, you know, you can find rest in me. And then he goes on to say, take up my yoke. Take up my burden. Now imagine going to a hotel. My family and I are going out of town and uh, we're going to we're going to stay in a nice house. And, and sometimes when you go out of town, you stay in a nice hotel. And imagine going to the lobby, you find the, the hotel attendants and you, you give them your information. They find your room and they give you your, your room key. You go to the elevator, you know, you go up to the, the 10th floor or whatever and you, you go to your room and open the door and in the room, you see a bunch of people working. You see people working with their hands, sweating, building things, fixing things, carrying things, lifting things, moving things. This is not the idea of rest that you and I would expect. This is not the kind of rest that we often look for. Jesus is offering us rest, but it's not the absence of work. It's a categorically different kind of rest. As I said before, the Pharisee's yoke was one 
the Pharisees' burden that they were trying to set was this burden of self-righteousness. You, the better that you do, the more that you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, the more that you're able to accrue righteousness by obeying the rules, the closer you'll get to God. The idea was that they were building a bridge. They were creating something by their own ability to, to make themselves right. And, and Jesus had already said, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's the burden that you carry. But what he's offering is not freedom to do whatever. He isn't saying that, that you know, you're working in this burden and the opposite is, is the lack of work, the lack of rest, or the lack of activity. No, he's saying the opposite of, of what the Pharisees offer is coming under the yoke of Christ. It's coming under this, this yoke, this responsibility to follow him. He says, not only you know, take my yoke upon you, but he, he describes, what does that mean? He says, and learn from me. You see, for Jesus and for the disciples, the discipleship, this idea of following Jesus was, was the process of learning from Jesus, right? A disciple is one who learns from another. The, the Greek word there reflects this idea of learning, and he's saying, learn from me, receive from me. And this is the yoke of one who is gentle and lowly in heart, one who is humble and invites us to serve humbly. Whereas before, uh, he, he talks about this, this burden that, that really we all have to try and lift ourselves up. What that becomes is this pursuit of, of righteousness by our own ability, this pursuit of making our lives right by our own ability. And, and it begins to be this thing where we say, look at me, look at me, look at all the things I've done. But Jesus says, no, 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 take on my burden for, for the way I lead, the way I live is in gentleness and, and humility, lowliness in heart, right? In heart, not just as an aspect of my life, but at the core of who I am, I am gentle and lowly. And then he says again, and you will find rest for your souls. He's not just talking about a good night's sleep. He's talking about a kind of rest that provides ballast for your soul, the kind of rest that allows you to press forward, to move forward, and to do the things that God has intended. Paul talks about work in Ephesians. And in chapter two, he talks about how God has prepared us for works. He's prepared us for good works. He says this, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, family, we were never intended to to be laying around like sloths. Sometimes when we think about heaven or we think about the blessing of, of, of what life would be like if we were freed from all our problems is we imagine ourselves on a, on a silky sedan laying and resting and, and eating grapes out of the, the hands of our servants, right? Some kind of ridiculous idea of, of laying back and, and relaxing and not doing anything. But no, when Jesus talks about the kind of rest that he wants to offer, it's an active rest. It's a rest that propels us forward towards action. The, the, the rest that God gives is not a rest that says don't do work. The rest that God gives is not a rest that says don't pursue righteousness. The rest that God gives is, is not the rest that says just lay there and let everyone else take care of it. It's the rest that says as you work, as you pursue righteousness, as you do things, you don't trust yourself, but you trust in God himself. You trust in Jesus God has prepared good works for us that we ought to walk in them, to do them, to live in them. When we enter that hotel room, he invites us to pick up a hammer and get to work. And so he says in verse 30, 
For my yoke is easy, easy and my burden is light. As I said before, his yoke is a symbol of his service and his labor. And his burden is a word that describes something that we have to carry for work. And yet, the yoke is paradoxically easy. This is easy work. This is pleasant work. This is joyful work. His burden is paradoxically light. It is a good thing to carry this. It is an easy thing to carry th- this. We were made to carry this. It, it's befitting our constitution to carry this. The work of Jesus is light. When you lay down your own burden, when you lay down your own pursuit of making your life the way it should be, and you trust Jesus with your life, the work that he gives you is a light work. That doesn't mean that it's, it's without effort. It doesn't mean that it's without movement. It means that it, it flows from a place of rest. It flows from a place of trusting not yourself, but trusting in Jesus. You and I, we have a lot of work ahead of us. We have good work to be done in the world. As a church, we're trying to do a lot of good works. We're trying to reach out to our neighbors. We're trying to present this gospel message to our, our uh, community. We're trying to love those who are um, without things. We're trying to provide meals and, and meet the physical needs of those in our area. We're trying to uh, help individuals who, who need to see justice in their lives. We, we want to see God glorified through the various works that we are doing, and yet... In the midst of that, Jesus reminds us to trust in him and take on his yoke, take on his burden, and take on the rest that he offers us. As you labor, as you press forward, trust the one who gives rest in the midst of the struggle. Family, are you tired? Again, I want to repeat that question. Are you tired? Are you weary Maybe part of your weariness is not just the weight of the work, it's the fact that you've been carrying something that God never intended for you to carry. Maybe today what you need to do is to lay your burden down and exchange your work for his work. Exchange your burden for his burden and trust that he will give you a rest that will allow you to work, to press forward, to push ahead, to live a life of righteousness to advocate for people, to, to, to righteously move forward, not from a place of, of clawing to get ahead, but from a place of trusting that there's a God who's behind you, below you, above you, beside you, pressing you on and, and empowering you and strengthening you. Let's pray. Father God, we need your rest. We need your rest. We need the kind of rest that allows us to, to be be active and be walking in the good works that you prepared beforehand in such a way that we're still trusting in you. And at the end of the day, we're not resting in our own efforts. We're not resting in, in whether or not we did enough. We're not resting in whether or not we pushed the ball down the field enough, but we're resting in the fact that Jesus, you did it all for us. Jesus, you have reconciled us to the Father. Jesus, you have a plan and purpose to redeem all things and reconcile all things to yourself. That's where we find our rest is, is trusting in you in the midst of our work. If you've never trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never trusted him as the one who provides rest, who reconciles us to the Father, who, who takes away the, the sin that, that is in our lives, 
the things that we've, he, he pays the price and the penalty for the sins that we commit and he gives us a new heart and new life. If you've never considered that, my encouragement and my call to you would be to turn today and repent of your sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The word says that if we, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and turn to him, if, in other words, if we trust him to make us right before God, if we trust him to, to take on the, the punishment for our sin, for our disobedience, if we trust him with our life, God is faithful to forgive us of our sins, of the things that we've done wrong and the things that we should have done that we haven't done, and to give us a new life with good works that he's prepared beforehand. If that's you, if, if that's what you want for your life, pray this with me. God, I turn away from everything I know to be sin and I turn to you and I ask Jesus for you to give me rest and for you to show me how I can work and I can do your work. I can carry your burden with your yoke and do the things that you've called me to do while resting in you. If that's you, my encouragement is please let someone in the chat know. Please let us know that you've made that prayer, that you've, you've stepped out in faith, and we would love to walk along with you and, and let you know how you can walk that faith out. What does it actually mean now for you to live a life of restful work? Family, I love you, and I'm thankful for you. Thank you. I pray that God would give you rest. And in line with that, we are... We are continuing to reach out to our community. And part of the way that we want to invite people into this rest, when we say, come to me as representatives of Christ, offering rest to people, one of the things we want to do is to allay their physical needs, to meet their physical needs, to to address their needs. And so we've been taking up this benevolence offering that has been really the means by which we've been able to provide food, toiletries, um, pay some bills for individuals, so that, that people in our community could not just hear the gospel, but see the results of the gospel in their life. So I would, I would invite you right now, if, if you love the Lord and you want to see that kind of rest being offered to others, one of the ways that you can do that, one of the ways you could be uh, a, a catalyst for that to happen is by giving graciously, giving generously. If you'd like to give, you can do so a number of different ways. You can write a check and make it payable to Grace Covenant Church. Um, and you can write Sterling Benevolence in the memo and send it to our church office. Alternatively, you can give through our website, gracecub.org slash sterling, or you can give on our mobile app. But my encouragement is, family, as you give, understand that God will use that and he will, he will move in that, and I'm thankful for it. I'm gonna pray and bless that. God, I thank you for the generosity of your people, and I pray that you would use the 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 funds that, that you provide here for your glory and the joy of those in our community, that they would be the means by which people would, would encounter Christ in a unique way and, and have opportunity to hear the gospel and be transformed in a moment. God, use, this, use these resources for your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, family, this is the moment where I have the opportunity to bless you and and I hope that this week would be a, a blessing to you, that you would find peace, that you would find rest and find hope in God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I love you, family.